Let's pray. My Father and my God, this is your body, your Son, our head. You, Lord, have established this body here in this place for your glory and not our own. You, Lord, have brought us together from different places, different walks of life, all knit together in one thing, and that's your Son, Jesus Christ. You are indeed the answer. So we give this body back to you right now. Work in us and through us by your Spirit. For your greatest glory we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Leaders of Alden Union Church, please know that I love you. If there are any convictions, any reproofs to be seen in today's text, in this sermon, please understand that all week long I see myself right there with you. I'm in the midst of it a thousand times over. The church is a living organism. It's filled with people. Scripture calls us a body every member serving a purpose in that body, knit together in Christ and in Christ alone. And as as ages and generations come and go, we think differently, we behave differently in the church. Our, Our culture shifts, and issues will arise as that happens. They may come as conflicts between people or perhaps a conflict of interest between the way we do things in the church versus our surrounding culture and age and the way they view things. So so what do we do? What what should we do in the face of the issues that arise? Should should we ignore it and just kind of hope it goes away? Do we confront it and maybe lose people? Because let's face it, a church can lose people if we change the paint color or the carpet, can't it? It's a sad, sad truth, isn't it? My mother's grandfather laid that carpet. How could you change it? Today we're going to look at a passage that speaks to the leadership of the church. This passage is the outflow of that second Jerusalem council that we studied last week. And in it, we're going to see how the apostles and the elders of the church at Jerusalem dealt with the issue as it arose and coming to a decision how they disseminated their conclusion throughout the entire church body. Leading in accord with the will of God graciously bringing along the entire congregation with encouragement and clear communication. This is what we are called to do as leaders of the body of Christ here in Alden. Go ahead and open your Bibles up to Acts chapter 15. We're going to start at verse 22. 
Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 22. Why don't we stand up for the reading of God's word? So after they came down to their conclusion as to what they should do about the Pharisees who came in and said that everybody had to obey the law of Moses, then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are at the Gentiles, who are of the Gentiles, in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and to send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these things, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. The reading of God's word. Thank you. Go ahead and be seated. In our passage last week, an issue arose in the church. Some Pharisees felt that the Gentiles should be forced to conform to the law of Moses. They should be circumcised. They should do what is in the law according to the traditional Jewish faith. This is what they were culturally comfortable with. This issue was taken up to Jerusalem where the apostles gathered with the elders and they, they debated and they discussed the issue and they shared what they had seen. They shared what they had known from each other and they, they threw it around and they tossed it about and they came to a conclusion. And they based their conclusion upon two things, didn't they? Do you remember from last week? It was what God had done amongst them. Verse 7. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. God did something amongst them. God shared the Spirit with the Gentiles right where they were. So they came to a conclusion based upon what God had done and what God had said in his own word. Verse 15, when James stood up and with the, this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written... James said, here's what God has said. This is what God has done. This is what God has said. And this is where we should go. The leadership of the church took on an issue 
and came to a decision with the lead of God and his word. Verse 28, our passage today. It has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. The Holy Spirit being the lead, the guide in this decision-making process. Leaders of Alden Union Church, we need to lead. We need to make decisions for our church family. We need to do it in prayer and in accord with God and His Word, what He has said and what He has done amongst us. That we would be tools in the hand of God for His gospel kingdom. Every time an issue arises, every single time we see a need that needs to be addressed, we need to look at it as, how does this fit with God's word? What do we see regarding this issue in the word of God, in scripture, in the Bible? Where is the spirit of God moving in this? I guarantee you that if we start with God's word and we base our actions upon God's word and what he has called us to do from his word, he will never, ever contradict what he has told us in his word and we will never go wrong. When we make a decision, when we lead in a definitive manner, and somebody doesn't like the decision we've made, we need to be able to say to every single person who asks, God has said in his word, Da, 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 da. And so we have decided to da, 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 because we have prayed deeply, earnestly, and looked into God's word, what he has said and done to make this decision. First and foremost, we need to lead. taking on issues as they arise in the church body, not allowing them to sit for a long time and fester and become something that's terribly difficult to deal with, allowing issues in the church to trouble hearts and unsettle minds. Verses 24 and 25, the, the elders and apostles came to this decision, since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds. If we know that there is someone in our body who has been or is feeling unsettled or troubled by someone or something that's going on, as shepherds, we cannot afford to ignore it or to allow it to carry on until, until we really hope it just kind of goes away. That's not what we are called to in God's word. God's word even contains a warning for us. Let us be warned by the word of God to the shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 34. When they didn't take care of the sheep of God, 
says, The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered all over the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them strong warning for the leaders of our church family. We cannot look around and see a generation leaving churches all across the country. It's epidemic. We, we can't look at this epidemic and, and say, well, something is certainly troubling their hearts and has unsettled their minds, but they must be the ones with the problem because we're just doing what we've always done. Maybe that's the problem. We cannot allow ourselves to loosen our stewardship of the sheep simply because we all know and love each other. This is a church family. We're comfortable. Because we are comfortable with each other, often that is the the most difficult place and time to confront or or to correct those that we know and we love. But, But as leaders of this flock here at Alden, this cannot be our heart for the sheep. It's got to go beyond a familial love for one another and and some kind of askew protection. Allowing each other to get away with things because, oh, I know him or I know her. What if Paul and Barnabas said, when, when the Pharisees came and started saying, the Gentiles have to be circumcised. They've got to obey the law. You've got to force them to do this. What if Paul and Barnabas said, oh, that's just Joab and Solomon. I've known them for years. Don't worry about what they're saying or doing. That's just who they are. Don't mind them. It's okay. They're clean. There would still be unsettled hearts, troubled minds. God gave us his word that we would walk in it and instruct one another by it that we would encourage and correct through it, applying it to everything we say and everything we do as a church family. Because yes, we are a family. And as such, we need to correct, rebuke, reproof, build up, encourage, solidify. Second Timothy God's given us his word. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Leaders of Alden Union Church, if we see poor stewardship of our flock or our facility, of our programs or our people, anything that God has given us to watch over, time, finances, we need to address those issues so that hearts and minds can be encouraged and no longer troubled or unsettled. So, leaders in Jerusalem, they address an issue, and they come to a conclusion. Having come to a decision based on God's word, the first thing they do is to include the congregation in on it. They, they bring them along into the process immediately. Verse 22, it says, Then it seemed good, right after they came to this conclusion, then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them off with the letter. Together they chose those who would carry this decision out to the Gentile churches. I'm not sure which group it speaks to more in that verse, whether it be it the, the leadership bringing the congregation along or the congregation rising up and coming in, in support of the leader's decision. A note to our congregation. Here in the passage that we're looking at, the apostles and the elders made a solid biblical decision for the church. They cast a vision with a purpose. And the congregation joined right in of one accord. Did you see the words there in verse 22? It said, the whole church. Not a portion thereof. But as the church saw the leaders leading and they led with biblical decisiveness, the church came right along and said, yes, we are going to follow the Lord in this decision with this vision. And we're going to include the Gentiles in on this church. And the church will grow. Congregation of Alden Union Church, you have voted in your leadership. If your leaders are God-fearing, Christ-centered men, they better be. You voted them in, didn't you? If they make a choice for our congregation based upon what God has said and done and for the sake of the gospel to reach our community, we need to follow them. We need to help them. We need to come up underneath them and support it. Making it all happen right along with them, this is biblical. Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your leaders. None of us like that word, do we? But that's the word God uses. It is not my word. Please don't throw things at me. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. They will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. 
The same verse in Hebrews reminds us leaders that we need to do our job right in line with God and his word. His will, not ours. Because we will have to answer for what we do and what we fail to do. Our sins of commission and omission. We are a body in service of Jesus Christ and his gospel, and we, leaders, congregation, the whole body, every member, we are in this together. Aren't we? Aren't we? Yeah, I sure hope we are, because that's the only way we're going to be effective for the gospel, is if we are in this together, and we're ready to run together serve the gospel together of one accord. Leaders of Alden Union Church, we need to lead and do it graciously, bringing along the body of Christ with clear communication. Look at how they did it here in the early church. The church uses multiple means and an encouraging tone in order to clearly communicate the new conclusion. First of all, they send a letter with instruction, verses 23 through 29. The letter says, The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from among us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit." And to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these things, you will do well. Farewell. Written word is a wonderful means of communication, especially when it's well written, isn't it? It can be referred to later. And go back and say, What was that? And we can go back and, and see it and read it and go, Okay, yeah. It's a great way to communicate. But they don't stop there, do they? How is it that this letter arrives? What do they do? Verses 25 and 26, they send it along with people who have credentials. It seems good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are men who should be listened to because of their time and their efforts in the ministry of the gospel. Their love for Christ, their desire for the church to grow and prosper in the hand of God, it is evident in them because they have given their very lives for the sake of Christ. Paul has been stoned nearly to death he got up and went right back to gospel work. You can see his love for the Lord far above and beyond anyone or anything else. He wants to see the gospel prosper, so he gets right back up and he launches right back to work. Listen to them. 
Listen to those who have given their lives for the sake of the gospel. Listen to those who are giving of their time away from their family, away from whatever they could be doing, to to be in meetings, to hash things out. Those who give up of themselves so that this church, so that the gospel can prosper. These guys communicate this decision with words. Personally, they take it beyond the letter and they go into just personal communication. Verse 27 says, We therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. Two totally different means of communication, a letter and and word of mouth. Verse 32, Judas and Silas who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. It wasn't a brief conversation. They engaged these people. They wanted them to really understand what this letter meant, what it had to say. There's nothing like personal communication, is there? Has anybody ever misinterpreted a text? (laughs) Yeah. It's so easy, isn't it? Parents, how many of you have ever said to your children, it's not just what you say, it's it's how you say it, right? The reason, the heart, the value of a message comes across so much clearer in person. Leaders of Alden Union Church, we need to go beyond writing a note or a brief conversation over here. We need to communicate in as many ways as we possibly can. And in today's day and age, there are so many ways to communicate, and we've got to utilize them all in order to get a message across to our congregation. We need to communicate as much as we possibly can, especially personally, in a day and age where communication is so often impersonal. LOL. These guys come out and they, 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 they preach the message. They, they tell people, they communicate, and they say it with conviction and encouragement. They, they start with this, this conviction that the key to strong leadership in our church is going to be saying what we have to say with, with conviction and unity about what we have to say. And they did it here with conviction in writing. Verses 24 and 25, it says, Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words, unsettling your minds, although we gave them no instructions, it seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you, along with Barnabas and Paul. We gave them no instructions. They didn't come from us. We have come to one accord, and here it is. It's biblical, and it's right in line with God's own spirit, God's own word. Verse 28, right? Seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. This is what we have concluded, and we expect that you will do it. Did you see the encouragement in this? They they do it with conviction. They put people in their place who need to be put in their place. Did you see the encouragement, though, behind the whole thing? Verse 23 
As the letter starts, the introduction of it says, The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, Cilicia, greetings. That word for greetings doesn't convey everything there. It's, it's this word for rejoice. This is a good thing. We're trying to tell you that we brought you some good news. This isn't just a change it's a good change. We want to make sure it's clear to you all. Rejoice! 31 and 32. When they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. Leaders, we are here to be an encouragement to be a strengthening to our church family. Our leaders should cast vision and give direction, all from the foundations of God's own word. But we are not dictators. We are called to lay out expectations but not make demands unless, of course, they are God's own demands. Verse 29, did you see how it closed? That you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, blood, from what has been strangled, sexual immorality. If you keep these things, guys, you'll do well. They're, they're, they're encouraging them. If you do these things, you're going to be good. You're going to do all right. You'll do well. Not, you must keep these things. You better go out and do it, right? That's not how they conclude the letter. They say, if you do it, guys, you're going to be better off for it. We are encouragers. We are shepherds. Communicating with our flock to guide them into those green pastures, to lead them to those clear waters, and encouraging and guiding them with that staff. Not beating them over the head with the rod, but protecting them with the rod. How we communicate to our flock is vital. The best change in the world, it might be the greatest opportunity for our church and our church family, but it could cause more damage than it should. It retains very little value if it is not or cannot be clearly, effectively, and encouragingly communicated. How we do things here at Alden Union Church is going to change. There, there's no getting around that. I guarantee it will change in the same way that we are no longer singing Gregorian chant. The church changes. It has changed for 2,000 years. It has to. Simply in order to address the issues and changes of the cultural age around us. Not to weaken the message in any way, shape, or form. Let me make that clear. The gospel remains closed-fisted, and we won't let it go. But the church will change, and it must change, and just to alter our methodology 
in order to increase the effectiveness of how we deliver that gospel into people's hearts and minds, to, to connect that message with the world around us. We've got the gospel, don't we? They need it. In our passage, they, they introduced a change in the church in order to include the Gentiles, guided by the word of God. As change comes through a unified vision amongst the leadership here in this place, leaders, elders, deacons, are we willing to cast a vision together and run with it? Are we willing to make this church move for the sake of the gospel? A static church will come to an end because people are not static. And God designed his gospel and his church to include people of every nation, tribe, tongue, age, and generation. So as our leadership casts a vision for our church, as your leadership comes together in unity, as we come to a conclusion as to where we need to go here in this place, let's do it as a unified body communicating with one another in every encouraging, faith-building way that we can for the sake of the gospel. That's why we're here, isn't it? For the glory of God and the sake of his gospel. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You shall bear witness to Jesus Christ and his gospel message here in this place, in the entire Philadelphia area, in Pennsylvania, to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Father God, we lay our church at your feet. It is yours first and foremost. Lord God, we lay our leadership at your feet. We pray for unity. We pray for a love in Jesus Christ. Lord, give us wisdom that we do not have in and of ourselves. Grant us that we would have a knowledge of where this church should go, how it should change, that we could come to a unified decision on these things, when and where things need to change. Not before and not after. Lord God, be our guide just as you are our hope. Help us to be as effective as we can here in this place, here in this age, here in this culture, to come together as a body, unified because we have one Lord, one Savior, one baptism, one Spirit, one God and Father. And we praise your holy name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.